You are listening to You Were Made for This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made for This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carol. I always appreciate your spirited introductions. And hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 37, The Two-Step Process to Solve Relationship Conflicts. Have you ever been in conflict with someone that just gnawed at you day and night? Where you did everything you could think of to try to solve the conflict? Where you may have talked to the other person to resolve the matter, but it goes nowhere? Where it's so perplexing and you just can't figure out how things got to where they are now? Well, stay tuned and I'll explain an easy-to-understand two-step process you can use to bring clarity to most conflicts. I'll start by giving you a recent real-world example of this process in action. A few months ago, I had several Skype conversations with a missionary. Let's see, we'll we'll call him Tony. It's it's not his real name. And I've changed uh, some of the insignificant details to protect this man's identity. Anyway, Tony saw an article I wrote about conflict on our Caring for Others missionary care page. That's caringforothers.org if you want to look it up. And it prompted him to contact me. And so we set up a Skype appointment to discuss a conflict that he was going through. Apparently, uh, this conflict developed with his teammates on the field in Argentina to the point that he and his wife, to protect their sanity had to leave the field and return to the U.S., where he got a position at the home office of his sending agency. This conflict centered around gossip and criticism of his wife and accusations about her that Tony said just were not true. Well, Tony and his wife uh, talked to the other party in this conflict, trying to understand their point of view, and they apologized for any perceived offense. And while things got better for a while the criticism soon resumed. The the gossip and the untruths were spread by a couple that Tony and his wife had mentored, and now they were turning on them. Wow, talk about discouragement and betrayal. A, A sad part of this story is that no one from the mission agency stepped in to help these couples. It needed an independent third party, and unfortunately this is all too common an occurrence. It's something that, for some reason, leadership in mission organizations really hesitate to get involved in, but it's something that's so necessary. The situation became so untenable to Tony and his wife, they felt they had no other choice but to return uh, back to the U.S., feeling very deflated and feeling like failures. They came back home. So in our Skype sessions, Tony and I talked about this conflict. And while the details really aren't important, the process to move toward clarity is. So here's the process that I went over with Tony. It's what I call the drama dynamic, which I wrote about in my book, Them, The Richer Life Found in Caring for Others. I went over this with Tony and sent him a copy of the book. And I'll read now the section from the book, Uh, regarding the drama dynamic. Here goes. 
When it comes to interpersonal conflict, one really great question I've learned to ask myself is this. If my conflict were a play, would I be the lead actor or a supporting actor? And then I quote that line from William Shakespeare, uh, As You Like It, where he says, all the world's a stage. I won't finish it, but it, it comes from that. In thinking about conflict as a play and our role in it, it's always best to start with, am I the lead actor in the conflict? It's necessary to be brutally honest with myself and examine whether the drama may be mostly about me and what I am to learn about myself and others. Is there some flaw of mine being exposed that I need to deal with? Am I the source of the conflict? Is my pride showing, like the tops of teenage boys' underwear above their ill-fitting baggy pants? Is the conflict about a poor decision I made and how I am suffering the consequences? Am I making people miserable to cover up the fact I can't admit to a mistake I made? Answers to questions like these help determine whether or not we're the stars of the conflict we're in. Another way we can tell if we're the lead actor is simply to ask God to show us. Just ask. Really, it's not more complicated than this. When we, act, when we ask questions about our behavior, motives, and attitude, God is more than ready to respond. In fact, I think it encourages him when we do. I don't think God needs encouragement, unless, of course, he's a Chicago Cubs fan. But if he does, this would do the trick. Because if we truly are the lead actors, he'll gently tell us so. No finger-pointing, no yelling and ranting, no frowns of deep disappointment. Those would be responses from the other guy, the evil one, the accuser, as the Bible describes him. God is different. He'll woo us. He'll whisper into our hearts, Yes, I'm afraid you are the lead actor. Following an appropriate pause, God will say with a smile, But I know you can do better. You're too good to be behaving and thinking like this. So let's dust yourself off, get back on the saddle, and give it another try. I know you can do this. I'm pulling for you, and I'll be cheering you on from the stands. Having heard from God, we can then accept responsibility for our failure to love well and for a whole host of other shortcomings. By acknowledging the ugly truth of who we are at times, we can begin to change, which helps bring out the best in ourselves and other people rather than the worst. We need to linger in examining if we truly are the lead actors in the conflict. We shouldn't let ourselves off the hook too quickly. Ask God to shine a spotlight on us so we can see ourselves as we truly are. This is really hard sometimes. Who wants to admit they've been acting like a jerk? I sure don't. I never want to admit that some of the problems I experience are of my own doing. It feels so much better to blame someone else. A while back, I, I bought a book based solely on its title. I think I got it at uh, Sam's Club. And here's the title. Mistakes were made, but not by me. Why we justify bad decisions, foolish beliefs, and hurtful acts by Carol Tavris and Elliot Arnson. I'll have a link to it in the, in the show notes. The subtitle describes the book in a nutshell. 
It's about ignoring the times we are the lead actors in the dramas of life. If we're honest with ourselves and find everything is pointing to us as a lead actor in a conflict, we then have a choice to make. We're at center stage, and the spotlight's on us. So we can choose to do nothing and continue in our lead roles in which we cause the conflict that will continue and nothing gets resolved. That's one choice. Or we can decide to change. We can face up to our responsibility, admit where we've gone wrong, repent and ask forgiveness from those we've hurt. But after all this self-examination, what if we come to the conclusion, no, I'm not the lead actor. This will often come if we see that even if we behaved or felt differently, the conflict would still be there. Dynamics beyond our control fueling the conflict are indications we may not be the lead actors after all. A good example is in, the, in uh, divorce where children are involved. When mom and dad decide to leave each other, a common reaction in children is to feel, they're splitting up because of me. I must have done something wrong to cause this to happen. If I had behaved better, this awful thing wouldn't be happening. They're taking on the lead actor role. It's wrong, and we all know it. You know, childhood comes with a life-is-all-about-me pair of glasses. If things go as they should, children mature and eventually get new life-is-not-all-about-me eyewear. With these new glasses, we learn to see that sometimes we're the lead actors in a conflict, and other times it's another person. But if someone else is a lead actor, what is our part? What is our role? What is our responsibility? It's to be a supporting actor. If someone else is a lead actor, our role is to be the best supporting actor we can possibly be. It's to be an Academy Award-winning supporting actor. It's to be a Robert De Niro, Sean Penn Oscar-winning supporting actor. It's to be a Katherine Hepburn, Meryl Streep-type supporting actress. Being a supporting actor or actress means we're not on center stage. We're in the back or off to the side, letting the spotlight shine on the lead actor so the focus of the drama of our conflict is on that person and not us. It's to act in such a way as the true character of the lead actor becomes apparent to careful observers in the audience. Well, that's what I wrote in my book, and we talked about that, uh, Tony and I, in our Skype conversations. In the book, I don't get into specifics of how to be a great supporting actor. You know, that's a problem with writing a book. You think of things to add later, and uh, I may write a second edition to correct that issue. And we'll have to save that topic of how to be a great supporting actor for another podcast. But for now... Uh, here are a couple of ideas. I think if we just ask the question of the Lord, how can we be a better supporting actor? He can fill in the details. Because every play is different and every lead actor is too. There are just so many variables. Sometimes being a great supporting actor can mean going toe-to-toe with someone on center stage, confronting their behavior and attitudes directly. Other times it can be by remaining silent 
in the background, and even offstage, so the spotlight shines on your nemesis. It can mean asking a rhetorical question of your antagonist as you walk out the door. It can even mean writing an actual letter where you give no opportunity for the lead actor to respond to you at the moment. There are all kinds of options to win the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor, but we'll have to get into those at another time. I want to give you an example of what can happen if you look at interpersonal conflict through this drama dynamic that I mentioned. And I want to do so by reading an email from Tony that I received just a month ago. And uh, here's what he had to say. He says, Hi, John. Hope you are well. I just wanted to reach back out to you and let you know that I really enjoyed your book. Thanks so much for sending it to me. I found the chapters on anger, being the lead actor, and forgiveness especially helpful in processing the issues we face during our mission experience. Since we spoke in April, uh, my wife and I had the opportunity to return to Argentina, uh, me to lead a team trip for the organization I work for, and her to visit some friends we made while we were there. It was a wonderful trip. We received a warm welcome from the local staff members, which made us feel extremely grateful. More importantly, we obtained some additional insights and closure on some of the issues we faced while we were there. In fact, we found out that the lead actors in our situation actually left the organization over frustration with issues that had nothing to do with us. The end result is that we were able to let go of the sense of failure we felt and when we left. We also felt a renewed calling for Argentina and know that we will be back there again someday, although not in the immediate future. Thanks again for your insights and for openly sharing your own personal story in your book. I always find it helpful to learn that others struggle with some of the same things I do. We're not alone in this world, and the more we connect intentionally, communicating openly, and talk honestly about our struggles, the more God can use our weaknesses for His purposes. Blessings to you, John. Tony. The main point that I walked away from Tony's email is that sometimes when we're the supporting actor in a conflict, we need to be patient and wait for the audience in the theater to see the main actor for what they truly are and to wait for them to self-destruct as it appeared to happen in Tony's situation. Well, before I close today's episode, here's the main takeaway of our show in a sentence. It's this. When you find yourself in an interpersonal conflict, ask yourself, am I the main actor in this drama or am I a supporting actor? And then respond accordingly. Here's what you can do in response to today's show. Reflect on one or two difficult relationships in your life and ask, why is this relationship so difficult for me? Is God using this other person to try to get through to me about something I need to change about myself? Or is the relationship difficult because of my lack of compassion and grace for the other person? Or could it be we are just so different in our views that the best we can do is just accept those differences and relax in knowing that the Holy Spirit's job is to change that person 
and not mine. Another thing you can do would be to let me know what you're learning about how to deal with relational conflicts that could help our other listeners. I'd especially be interested to know when you've seen this drama dynamic with the lead actor slash supporting actor played out in your life. I'd like to share this in a future episode, all the while protecting your confidentiality as you wish. Before I leave you with our Relationship Quote of the Week, I want to thank you for joining us today and for showing the world the character of Jesus in the way we relate to each other. Above all, even in the midst of interpersonal conflict, always remember what you were made for. You were made for this. Relationships at T transcend our natural inclination to focus on self, to think a conflict is always about us. That H honors others as we bring out the best in them, which at times means being a supporting actor in their life. Where we I initiate self-reflection to see where a conflict may be about a chink in my own armor. And where we S serve God by being an agent of change in the lives of others. You were made for this. T-H-I-S. To close today's program, here's our relationship quote of the week. And I'm going to use something that Tony said in his email, and it's this. I always find it helpful to learn that others struggle with some of the same things I do. We are not alone in this world. And the more we connect intentionally, communicate openly, and talk honestly about our struggles, the more God can use our weaknesses for His purposes. Tony from Argentina. Well, that's all for today. Uh, See you next week. Goodbye for now.